Hello, welcome back to another Muscle and the Hustle podcast. It's me and Tony, as always. Here, bright old banger. Tony's back in here, eh? Beautiful sun is shining, it's blue skies. Brought the, brought the rain back from Dubai. <laughs> it's a lovely sky here, is it not nice for you, no? No, no, it's miserable. Jesus Christ. Well, no, it's nice here, it's hard to beat. Cannot complain one bit, sir. Sorry. How have you been? How, how's the week went for you? Uh, the week's been different now. It's been a bit up and down. Busy, busy as always. Um, just have to keep on top of it all. You know yourself. You let a day go get past you, and then you're you're snookered. But yeah, it's been a it's been a week to remember now. Big do you know what I? Do you know what I hear? Do you ever get days like this? I'm sure people are listening. Do you ever get days where like you're really busy, but it feels like you're getting off and done? No, I don't get them days. I've never really got them yeah. days. No. Um. But I I, 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 I do understand the thing, but I, I never really got them days. I do days where I'm absolutely getting off and done, but then. Like I'm not busy. Like you know, I've almost, yeah. I've almost went to myself that. at the end of the day going, "Fuck, you've done nothing today." But if I'm busy, I normally get loads of stuff done. But yeah, uh, I know, I, I, I do you, know what you mean. Like you, but then I think that's more you've lo- you've so much shit to do that one day is never gonna cover it. Bingo. That's what I I journaled last night because I was like, "How have I, how have I not got my to do list done?" And then I was like. Well, my to do list is 24 items. Oh, yeah. right. Mine's is like, I was like, I got 12 done, and I was like, well, realistically, like, if you ever see planning, I think we went over this before, Joe, like, one rock, two pebbles, like, three tasks for the day is plenty. And there's when you're trying to cram in loads, I think you get like discombobulated, is probably the weirdest word to use. Like, you almost like end up with a bit of like a weird perception on how the day went rather than like a sense of accomplishment. You can almost start beating yourself up even though you've had a very productive day and you can end up i think a lot of people i don't like the mindset of being too easy on yourself but i do feel like people can sometimes put themselves in a negative head spin by just being too hard oh yeah it's the same as people like breaking their diet and then they go oh you was fucking broke now may as well eat shite the rest of the day yeah i was uh and speaking of that hard thing i was i was actually looking at how uh the tr- did you ever see these like these people quoting studies and i was actually i was actually reading one the other day like reading a sort of quoting a book on it and i was like practically or now i'll quote a video on it and it was practically about how you know main things successful people it was actually about how millionaires become millionaires and it was practically saying that like yes there's people who are born and did all this here but there's actually three or four main things that each of them show his traits. And do you know what yeah. I found is two really interesting ones is one, they've got a, right, so this is pretty obvious, but one, they've got a superiority complex. So they feel like they should be doing more with their life or they're slightly better than other people, right? So yeah. that is just, it's ingrained in them without them knowing or they've, they've just developed that thought process. And number two, which is, is funny, is they have such a massive insecurity that yeah. it drives them like a massive fear of something so whether that's not being good enough not being so, so they almost like it, it, and I find this very interesting and the third point was let me get break down the third point was that the, they can actually complete action steps without being distracted as much so they can actually compile a list of how they get from A to B so if you ask them right how do I become how do I buy 10 properties instead of worrying about the 10th they worry about the first 20 pounds save the 100 pounds they compile a strategic list they're very good at that yeah. and they're the three main traits that they found in line with like millionaires that they all share because there will be people who joe have different different sections of the industry so they've got luck they've got you know the right time they've got 
good at sales and good, good at marketing or people are on TikTok, you're good at content. But the three overland traits are they're extremely insecure about something. Yeah. They've got a superiority complex and they're good at compiling tasks. And I find that very interesting because it actually makes a lot of sense. The insecurity part, yeah. Um, that with all ones, yeah, I would have thought like superiority complex, bingo. And definitely the one, yeah. Um, would, you, would you say you, you've got like a wee bit of a, I'm not saying a superiority, but do you think you've got any of them three or do you have not them or do you feel like you're missing one or um, do you feel like... Superiority, oh yeah, I've got them all probably. Aye. Superiority complex, definitely. Like, Don't feel that's a bad thing. I feel no, like no, it's, not, it's definitely not a bad thing. Like I know, I know as a DJ, like... If effort in that I know as a DJ and someone who consults with people in hospitality, I don't think there's many in I'd say Ireland definitely, but maybe parts of the UK that just can't can't touch me. Like they're not even they're not even on the same level. They don't they don't see trends the same way as I see them. They just I just don't see it. No, and that's not boasting, I just but I just don't see it. And there's a few that are close and and I give them plaudits fucking weekly. They tell them how good they are. Um, but I think it's just one of those things where I would see a superiority complex and believing in yourself. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. It's not like a superiority complex will like bow to my knees right now, mate. It's superiority complex going. Um, if there's two people in for the job and they give it to someone else, and I'd say to them, "But why them?" And they say this, and that, and I say, "But they're not on my level." You know, it would that would be the way I would think about it. Not knocking them down, but they get everything in life, like every single thing in life, whether we like it or not. Everybody's ranked. No, you people might think no, 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 but everything's ranked. You have your favorite food, you have your favorite shops, favorite clothes, favorite place to go out. You rank everything. Fucking boyfriends, girlfriends, you know. <laughs> people rate all their genders, yeah, like they go rate all their genders, like, but you don't think you do. And people talk about superiority complexes and that it's a bad thing, but like as a society and everything, you rate everything. My best friend, you know, my second best friend, you know what I mean? Everybody, everything's ranked. But I would say, yeah, um, I don't have no real, like, there's no real fears I have. Well, do you think that, that's a hindrance then? Do you think like that could drive you forever? It probably makes you more content, more happy as an individual. It makes me very content. I'm very content where I'm, I'm happy with the work I put in and the what I get out of the work I put in. Um, the only fears, the only well logical fear, would be fucking COVID comes back and the whole thing goes from a hundred to zero again, and then you have to rebuild everything again. But. That's a irrational fear that may never happen. So you can't let that. I can never let something that's irrational hold me back because there's there's a lot of real fears in the world, rather than create another um, disease in my head that's going to wipe out the nightlife industry again. But yeah, I would say I take I would say I take a bit of bit of all three of the boxes. But um, yeah, yeah, I never really thought about that. I know there is a lot of traits that, that a lot of them do. Uh, a lot of a lot of millionaires and billionaires do do have. Do you think you uh got any of them? Yeah, I'd say I've all I'd say I've all three to an extent. Yeah, because like the main one people and the thing is I wanted to dive back to that superiority complex. I feel like that is that's the way they worded it in what I read, but I was like that's almost like the wrong way to word it. So for example, what I would call that, I think this is a nicer way to put it, because when you say superiority, you start to think of like how Hitler thought one one race was above all the rest. So yeah. I think it's more so a case of a self-belief or a, 
self-belief or uh, I'm trying to figure out the right word for it, potential personality. So you feel like there is more there that you can go, like oh, you can yeah. go to a higher level. Yeah. Like if you, it doesn't mean you're there. It means that you feel like it's there. And I think I've all, I think majority of men probably do. And I think females too probably do feel like there is more, but it's a case of whether or not you feel you can get there. And I feel like I've always felt like you can get there with hard work and that transfers from when you complete one really tough task, like getting a hubs or building one business, it transfers over for me that, yeah, that's definitely there. Like, to an extent. It's not so a, like a really a, nice way to work that. Like I think people think of the superior order complex, like our superior order, like a God complex. No, that's a total not. different thing. Like I, I don't have a God complex, but like the Hitler thing, cause they always talk about him having a superior complex. Yeah, sure, sure, I mean, that's his is a god is. complex. It, there's a very big difference. There's someone who thinks they should rule the world, and there's no person who thinks they're a deadly DJ, <laughs> you know, or they're deadly at this. No, I'm not going out there to try to wipe out another human race. No, there's a there's a difference in it, and I do think people might look negative on you know people being, thinking they're superior to other people, but the way society is, the better you are, the higher you get paid. And that's sadly the reality of it. Um, if you're good at your job, you get paid more. If you're in demand, you get paid more. If you're good at your job, you're in demand. It's it's simple. And and you best believe that p- the people are paying you money. Have you ranked? They have a list of, of people that they want to help them make them money. And they have you ranked going... We have to pay this guy X, Y, and Z, but I know he can bring in X, Y, and Z, so therefore that investment into him is worth it. But this guy up here, we have to pay him this, but he doesn't really bring us much extra business. They think of everything like that. And people in in the industry like I'm in, sadly, we are are humans. We are people. We have feelings. But at the end of the day, we're we're a number. And And the number at the end of the day is how much money can we make that business? And I think a lot of time in in businesses and day jobs, people are a lot like especially sales and stuff. It's sort of the same. It's sort of like we're paying this person twenty six grand a year, thirty grand a year. They're bringing in a hundred grand a year sales. Maybe maybe for some people that's not enough. Maybe maybe that's killing it, depending on how much the you know the products are, etc. But that's the people get a wee bit. They get a wee bit feeling, a wee bit, you know, put out of place when you think, um, you know, the people are kind of like ranking them and putting them down. But at the end of the day, if you really looked at it, everybody ranks everything. I'm sure. I, I hate to say this, but like, as much as you don't want to be categorized, like, if I turn around you and I go, you're a zero or you're a 10, which one makes you feel better? Exactly. Well, it's, it's like bodybuilding. It's like bodybuilding people put themselves out there even more. Because they're not looking how good they are. They're looking for the things that they aren't good on. Like, it's not going, oh, his chest is class. They're looking, his chest isn't as good as his chest. You know, it's, it's, so it's like, it's like, it's like going on the stage for people to tell you your feelings. And hopefully your feelings are less than the person next to you. Which is fucking mental that people put themselves through that. And I have all the admiration for them people because it's, it's the craziest thing when you think you pump maybe years into your life to go on stage for this one day or half a day and the people in front of you are looking for the things that the person next to you is better or the three people's next to you is better. Same with the Olympics, same with all 
big sports, especially if it's a one-off event, like Olympics is a really good way to to, to bring that to a higher level. I do, I do feel like in my own, own opinion, maybe the Olympics is definitely different. I feel like what bodybuilding in general is coming from something in that space that's coached people to shows, to all that. You'll notice a lot of my clients don't do shows. So I have Kleena competing now in Miami Pro next week and WFF Net the following week. So I had three people contact me last year, right? Three females talk about shows, okay? There's a reason only one person was doing shows this year. I openly had a chat with all three and I was like, look, I know you, I've coached you. I'm going to be honest. You need to be as straight as fuck with me. Are you going to be go down this negative? It's like if we compete next year and you can openly turn around to me and go, if I finish dead last, it's not going to fuck with my head. It's not going to play with me because you've given your all and it's a challenge for yourself. You're the right person for the sport. If you're turning around to me going, I'm going to feel really disappointed if I don't win. Now yeah. everybody wants to win, but if you're going to turn into, if you're the sort of person that's going to go into this dark spiral, like I remember I competed at 19, mate, the worst decision of my life. And then I went back at 21 and it, it made me feel a lot better because I won at 21. But the thing is, them two years between 19 and 21, by fuck, I got some issues with like, Joe, my psyche and like not being good enough and not being worthy. And I, that's where it links back into that millionaire self point too. Like, a lot of my insecurities, I think, came from that, like that feeling of like, you're not good enough, Joe. You, know, you came fucking second, you came third, whatever it was. Uh, and I think that for me, it, it was a very negative experience at a young age. Now, that is probably person dependent. Some people will probably take that in their stride. Other yeah. people will bluff them. I think a lot of people will bluff themselves and say, oh, it made me better. But then all of a sudden, you look at them, they're 30 years old, they fucking ran gear for 12 years. Now they're a pro bodybuilder. And then they're depressed and they're wondering why. It's because they've let something else steer them. Uh, I do feel like a lot of people, like there's very few people in my opinion, I would say maybe 10% of competitors in that sport that like can co- like it doesn't even affect them where the place. But I feel like that happens once you hit a certain level. I feel like once you're pro status, you're already in the hierarchy of like high level athletes. So I think it does feel different whenever you fuck up around there. But if you're literally starting out around the bottom of bodybuilding and you're not placing it can fuck with your head so much. So I do feel like that's a personal trade-off you have to make. And as you said there, I feel like that is a very difficult mindset. Like you are standing there being, it's not even like, it's just like the Olympics, you're being judged. Like there's a difference between like soccer players, Gaelic players on the pitch. Like, yes, people will judge your individual performance, but it's also a team sport. It's also people cheering for you versus like judges are silent. They're just sitting there scoring you. Like in the Olympics, you'll, you'll, the judges and all that. Like, it, I can only imagine the fuck it would play with your head. Like, imagine winning silver at the Olympics. Like, that for me, I can't imagine how much term, how much that would fry me. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're putting four years of your life into something. Um, it's not even the silver. I'd say you no. Know, a lot of people be happy enough with the silver, unless That's you're like. That's what I mean. It's personal dependence. Imagine being the guy that trips coming out of the blocks. And you've pumped four years, not even four yeah. years, you've probably pumped more, but you've pumped four years into this moment and you've tripped coming out of the blocks or or something real real silly. But the difference I think about Olymp- some of the Olympic sports and, and bodybuilding might be different is bodybuilding, you're in, you're, it's a controlled environment and you're in control of everything, really. There's nothing really yeah, you're not true. in control of. In the Olympics... You know, you you have to like you're you're physically doing something, or you're competing against somebody else, or like wind or different stuff, where you can go, oh well, he slipped or he done this, and you know, there's there's just there's that there's that thing, but I couldn't even imagine like some of them athletes that. 
go to Olympics for four or train for the Olympics for four years and then just in that one second has a small slip and it's all over. And then you have to dust yourself down and go, let's go out again for another four years. That's where I think, sir, like you would get one individual that could spiral getting sort of, and then one could be like, fuck, that's actually, I'm so close. And that would fuel them. So it's just so personal. And that's why I was saying to you about like the, having the chat with the, the girls that want to do shows. I was like, I need you to actually figure out where you fall here. Like how strong is your mindset and how safe are you? Because uh, that obviously comes into play. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, then I had somebody else go to it. Like prime example is uh, one person agreed that they wouldn't compete. One person wanted to compete and we agreed in it. And the, the person in the middle, I was very unsure of and so were they. So I actually just said, look, let's 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 maybe wait. They decided to eventually. They decided to go to. I actually recommended they go to a coach who just coaches his competitors because I was like, they will know. They they're dealing with these people all the time. They'll know. So they rolled in their prep, and that person fell out of prep three months in halfway because they, they it wasn't. It, I don't know what it clicked or what didn't. I didn't get the full. Story. But it shows you that they maybe made the right decision or they went with it and it was the wrong. So it's one of them ones where it can be very person dependent, you know. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, topic, not just the Olympics and the pressure thing, but even just the the, the insecurities and the, the actual... I feel like most people will probably have the third thing. Like most people can usually, if they spend enough time, get the third trade of breaking steps down bit by bit and spend time focused. That's a skill. Yeah, well, that, that, I would do, like, that would be one of my strengths. One of my main strengths yeah. of everything I do is being able to break it down, re- reverse engineer it, and make it better. That's pretty much my the basis of pretty my whole job stroke career is based on that. Yeah, that's you know it doesn't matter what it is, I can break it down, reverse engineer it, and make it better, and that's that's where a lot of my success has come from, and in, in in the hospitality game. But and I can I can see said- that I can see that like that people like a lot of people that I know successful is very good at them that trade as well see in terms of the the point you made about the like they're not my level do you know what i find very interesting about that is it's like and i know a lot of people listening to this will have their own opinions on andrew tate and everything going on but one thing he said in a video that i actually was like oh well this this actually sort of makes some sense so understandable if you don't enjoy him take this out of content take this as just a normal thing he says if you act like the fucking man what is the worst that can happen? Like, yeah. how is that going to negatively impact you? Like, if you walk in a room with your chest held high, your chin up, looking upwards, how that's going to make you feel confident. You're going to feel better. It's like Jordan Peterson saying in the book, Joe, stand up tall like a lobster is his first rule of life. Yeah. It's always about how you, if anybody hasn't read the the 12, I think it's the 12 rules and antidote to chaos is his first book. It's, the first quote is, uh, I don't know if you've read that, Mickey, have you? I've read, I've read bits of it, but I've, I've, quite, I've, heard, him, I've heard him on podcasts talking about this first book before. Yeah, the, the first rule is stand up tall like a lobster. So I think it, it's been about fucking 10 years since I've read it. But practically, when lobsters have fights or whatever the fuck it is in the, in the sea, he's talking about uh, the lobster that wins the fight is never the biggest lobster. It's the one that stands the straightest and has the most confidence and the other backs off. It's never the biggest. It's always the one just, it doesn't matter. It's just the one with most confidence. And it's a case of you will win at life and in most areas if you back yourself enough that you're like, I can take him even if he's bigger, I can go for it. And the thing is, what is the worst of that? Somebody tries to take you down a peg and you still go, well, now I'm the fucking man. So your confidence is still there. And I think a lot of confidence, a lot of uh, 
all these things that we're talking about, even the like diving into your own perception of yourself being, yeah, is is it's hardwired through repetition. So like if you constantly walk, to, if you tell yourself you're the man walking into every single room for the next three years, by fuck you are gonna believe you are the man. Like you, yeah. you, you, it's it's where I think a lot of them god complexes and stuff come out of. The people go too far. Well, but, the, I well the, if you're if you're even narcissistic or whatever. Yeah, and, too and, far. and then you'll if you've an if you're narcissistic by a trait and then you're you've you know you're thinking i'm the man sooner or later you're probably gonna you know it's not gonna be that you're not being positive you're not putting it out there you're not putting it out there that you're the man you're actually believing that you're better than everybody else um no as a human no like skill ways yeah everything skills can be ranked no but like I think it comes to a problem when you're thinking you're a better person. You know, you're just better and you're worth more, like a, as a not as nah. a business, but as a person. And then that's where you're like, so Hitler thought he was worth more than another human being's life. That's and that's where people we always go back to Hitler thing, but that's kind of where that's, that thing kind of Hitler the thing kind of like started with Hitler that he just thought he the like, <laughs> superior race. Now that's where you have issues, but. It's not bad, I don't think, as someone going in going, I'm the best singer. Because it can be ranked. You know, you can go and go, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely up there. Or, I'm the best painter. I'm the best writer. I'm the best this. I'm the best that. Yeah, all them skills. But then when it comes down to going, I'm the greatest human being that's ever lived, <laughs> you're going to go, well, you know, now we're getting a wee bit, yeah, there's, uh, we're getting a wee bit tricky. Balance. But... Perceptions of perceptions a funny thing because, like, how you perceive yourself mightn't be how others perceive you. But, but then, like the, does that really the, matter? The, exactly, I think that is the number one thing. And I think the more that you, the way you perceive yourself, as you said, it doesn't matter. But the more you'll also convince yourself that that's how others perceive you. So then, in reality, you're changing your perception of yourself and how others view you internally. And realistically, that's the closest you're ever going to get to how somebody feels. Cause no matter what way people actually view you, they'll probably never really tell you like to one person, you could be the God's gift to the next person. They could think you're an our show to the next person. Joe, you could be too nice. You could be too tall. You could be too lean. You could be too big. Joe, it, it's, it's really so person dependent on that. And I find that that's a very interesting dynamic in itself because your internal perception of even yourself, your situations, your confidence. And I feel like that's the way you change a thought process. If you are insecure, you are not confident. You are, you feel like you don't have work. If you tell yourself this or you're not motivated or you're not committed, they're all internal thought processes that you're wearing in yourself. Like if you tell yourself that repeatedly, that you're going to, you're going to be that. Whereas I don't believe in like affirmations constantly, but I do believe in reaffirming to yourself where you want to be, what you want to do, how you want to act. Like you will reaffirm that, you know, I've been really focused on like bringing energy and bringing more confidence to my life and like simple things where you do things then that help that. So for example, like I'm trying to work less so I can bring more energy into other areas of life. I'm not running about like, see after the gym, I would run about all day and all night in gym clothes, like constantly. Now I'm trying to put a bit more effort into even just looking after myself, Joe, you know, yeah. uh, putting on nicer clothes and going out for a coffee, Joe, you know, simple, small things that then build your confidence. Cause when you look good, you feel good, you know, it all moves forward. But the more you rehearse that, the more you do that, 
the more you build, it's like whenever you see all these successful people, yes, you'll see the likes of Mark Zuckerberg's and stuff and playing black tops to sub decision fatigue. But you'll also see a lot of people in a suit. And the reason like a suit and a CEO is because like it makes them feel like a authority. Like if you if you stand somebody there in, as you're saying, ranking them, somebody stand there in tracksuit bombs and somebody stand there in a suit, you might you you normally now don't get me wrong, this day and age maybe a wee bit different. But yeah. you would assume the person in the suit's maybe doing a little bit better, maybe financially or whatever. But nowadays, fuck you wouldn't know there'd be people down there. I remember shopping for the Raptor and we went into Audi and this bit off topic in Liverpool and I was wearing Vibrams, a pair of ripped shorts and a tank top. And I was like, fuck, I'm looking at you, the Raptor. I was like looking around, you know, all the yokes and Audi. And I just remember being like, the person sort of looking at me like, what the fuck is this boy doing in the showroom? It you know, was almost Peter. like looking, oh, completely. Like I was looking at the R8 and I was looking at other things and it was like, they sort of looked at me like, are you, they, one of the people were goes, are you all right? Like, are you waiting on somebody? And I was like, you fucking cunt. Joe, but it's one of the things where you, then you, you realistically, I, I would assume the same. Like somebody comes in yeah. in a vest, ripped shorts and a pair of fucking vibrams, like, like you're, you're not going to assume they're going to, they're going to drop that sort of money. So it is one of the things where I do feel like that perception is changing, but in general, as you said, like, it's like if I turn around you and I go rate that girl or rate that boy or rate your confidence or rate your car from one to 10, you can, you can do it pretty easily. Rate that meal, as you said. And I do feel like as much as it's annoying, but if you rate yourself a 10, even though you're not, you tell yourself, right, I'm really a six, but I'm going to tell myself I'm 10 every single day. You do that for six months. You'll probably really rate yourself a seven then. Joe, and, yeah. then you, and then you, you know, you build, you, you have to lay the bricks of your own foundation with your own perception because nothing, no matter how, this is the one thing I'll definitely say, and I'd say, you know, too, like from you losing all that body fat, right? Whenever you cut. Yeah. The biggest thing is probably how you view yourself as an individual. It's not the actual body fat, isn't it? Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Definitely. See, goes, goes without see. saying, like you just, you view yourself more, you put more value in yourself it's everything, but it's like if you perceive yourself like a lazy piece of shit, you know, people are gonna perceive you as a lazy piece of shit. You know, if you perceive yourself as whatever, you know, sooner or later you're gonna start being that perception. You know, it's you know, you could be the best footballer in the world, but with zero confidence, you're never gonna win anything. You know. If you, exactly. you you can you can control your own confidence to a certain certain degree. Now, if you're if you're a fucking talentless footballer and you think you're the best in the world, you're not going to be the best in the world. No, they have to be talent and work rate. Like, but if you are a, gr- a great at something, but you have no confidence in yourself, like you could be the best at something and but zero confidence, and you will never ever make it. And that is a fact. Because you have no confidence in yourself and you're going to second guess judgments. It's like business. It's like some businessmen, <clears throat> some of the group, like really good businessmen I know, has never expanded past like one business. And I mean, their business is rocking and they've always said about it, you would know, love more businesses. And they're really good at what they do, but they just don't have that confidence in themselves to, to go on. And they see all their businesses opening like ones that they talked about. And they're like, fuck. I had that idea 10 years ago like that literal idea 10 years ago and it does come down to a confidence thing it comes down to and there's your own perception of you know are you good enough to do these things no that's another thing a lot of people don't believe they're actually good enough for more or or they're not deserving of more do you ever get that 
Yeah, I do get that. Now, do you know what that is? That's a self-limiting belief. And the reason they have that is because they haven't kept, as I said in the last podcast, you haven't kept the promises to yourself or you haven't worked on it. Like, how can you be expect how can you expect to be confident if you haven't been eating good food, training, looking after your mind, your body, your soul? And people will be like, Oh, you're so like I'm talking about taking some downtime, reflecting. Like, if you can't reflect on like, right, well, why don't I have confidence? Right. I got picked on when I was younger, right? What, what do I need to work on here? What do I need to do? Where do I need to push myself outside my comfort zone? Because you can't expect to have confidence in the comfort zone. You need to be able to go, right, what is going to really make me feel more confident, right? I'm a bit overweight, right? So losing the weight might not solve everything, but it might make me feel a little bit more confident. So that's 10%, right? Maybe I, uh, I'm i not good at chatting to the other sex, John. We, could I read a couple books, listen to a couple of podcasts, and just maybe on the night I start one conversation, like, Joe, simple as that like simple as that and then over time you build these blocks and now if you go over and talk to somebody get shot down it's even the confidence of going over there is the biggest win like like to men it's it's not just the it's the sign of rejection stuff we went through before but it's also for that sign of like oh well not in venture not in gain but it's one of them things where taking your shot is very important for your even your confidence it's it's just it's a multi-dimensional sort of there's so many facets to it. Or there's so many sides of the coin with it. It's not, that's why people really struggle with it, but it really does come down to just with everything. It's just working on it. It's not a case of it's going to be perfect. Your confidence is going to build from just getting your body in shape. It's going to get better improved by all these wee small things. Stand up for yourself. If somebody picks on you, somebody skips you in a line, not being afraid to say, not because you're rude or, but like a prime example is like, I used to have this real thing where if somebody said, done something on me i'd be like i can't be arsed with the aggro so i wouldn't say it but there is times now where i'll just flex that muscle of like right i need to stand up for myself here joe yeah like if somebody skip, somebody skips me in a line i'll be like whoa, whoa, whoa. i'll be like no you can't do that and he, even if it even not comes from it the fact that i've still had the balls to say it for me there's a very big difference between can't fight and won't fight yeah being able to actually fucking stand up for yourself and take a not a swing but take a fucking dig and go like whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on here that shows nuts and to me as long as you have that you have a set behind you you'll have more confidence even if it doesn't go your way you'll be like well do you know what i've done the right thing there whereas see if you get picked on or life pushes you and you don't do anything you're letting it beat you down and it's like it's letting you kick you and slowly they, then you repetition that you're worthless you're not as confident and you yeah. you build all the you you literally you put a brick in and you're taking three out it's you decide whether you're building yourself up or you decide if you're slowly turning yourself down if you think you're not building yourself up right now you're probably subconsciously right realizing it letting yourself be turned down yeah well that's yeah that's a, that's a massive thing it's like when people when life gets like a wee bit hard or things change and you know things aren't going completely smooth people react by making making rasher decisions and and pushing away certain things and and making these big changes i'm going to do this i'm going to do that but really when you you know you have to get down to the nuts and bolts of everything you know what makes you happy what makes you sad what do you not like doing what do you love doing do less of the negatives do more of the positives like it's you have to do what feels right for you yeah you have to do but the thing what people do is people people look at it and go i'll i do what's right for me but they're they look at it from a from more of a confused and messy standpoint they make it into a bigger problem than it is do less of the negative do more of the positive you know there doesn't have to be loads of 
this and that and that. Simplistic. Things that are bringing negativity in your life, cut them out. Things that are bringing positive in your life, give me more of that. No, negative situations that you see your, find yourself in more often, let's do them less often. Positive situations that bring you happiness and joy, do them more often. Very, like when you break it down to nuts and bolts, it's very simplistic. No, if that means changing your job, change your job. Doesn't, no, people have this big fear. Oh, I can't financially, I can't change my job. If you have a wee bit of money saved up, believe me when I tell you this. The value you will get, no, you might have to knuckle down on your spending a wee bit, but the value you will get of getting out of a job that makes you sad every day is unreal. Like it's, there's nothing in this world like the feeling of freedom when you get to say no to something that makes you sad all the time. I was in jobs that I hated, like absolutely hated. And I'm lucky now that I do something that, that it doesn't even, it's not, I don't even call it work. But if you can, you know, financially, yeah, it's going to be tough. But if you're good at what you do, you better believe other people's realize you're good at what you do. If you walk away from something like a job that makes you completely sad, you will get another job that may make you happy. And you know what? If that one makes you sad, you walk away again. Maybe you start your own business. There's so many people I know now at the moment that are are thinking of changing up their careers because they realized after coming out of lockdowns, they're like, I actually hate this job. Like, I really hate this job. And they're in good jobs, but they just, because they're at the... They're the the starting stage they don't know what they want to do yet do you know uh, what I think is a really good sort of touch point and I've seen a video on it the other day and it really hit home is that without realising that what you're doing whenever you work for a job there's nothing wrong with it I've done it I've worked for employers like the fire service the RNLI and I've loved the beaches I've loved firefighting as long as it fulfills you and you enjoy it there's nothing wrong with a normal job as long as you enjoy it and yeah. you enjoy it 80% of the time you, like I don't love coaching you don't love DJing every minute of the day there's there's time periods where I'm sure you turn around and go fuck me it's Saturday night, I'd love a night off and I turn around and I go it's Sunday morning I'd love a day off but the majority of the time you love it but the one thing that I want, I want to really dive in and I think it hit home with me as you were talking there is that you trade your time for money right and that's realistically what a job is it gives you a little bit of safety people will be like oh well I need it for security but you're trading your time for money right and I seen this video the other day and it was like right when you lay out what is the most important things in your life money will not be one as much as you feel it is right so prime example here is if I turn around to you and I say to you I'm going to give you 10 million today but you die tomorrow would you take it? No, because it makes no fucking sense. So time is more important than money because if you don't have time, the money's no use anyway. Number two, if I turn around to you and say, I'll give you 10 million tomorrow, but you have to pick one of your close eminent family members to die. There might be some sick bastards that take that, but most people won't take that. So it means family is more important. So time and family are more important than money. Number three, if I turn around to you and I give you 10 million pounds, I go to you, but you have to be sick every day lying on a hospital bed for the rest of your life until that until for over 10 years until you die do you take the money no because your health is more important and yet people will trade these three things for money and i've done it my fucking self which burns me out whenever i really lay it out now there is time to chase your passion chase fulfillment and lean in so you will have to sacrifice small amounts of these things at time periods if you need money to then fuel them back it's knowing when to yeah. pull out or knowing or knowing your individual balance so now we've established when you really break it down family time 
family time and your health are the three biggest things in your life more than likely family and friends can be in there as well but a case of do you know what i mean them three things time family and health if you and people will trade their mental health for their job they will trade the, another hour of their yeah. time for a little bit of overtime to then buy something they don't even need yeah so you need to realize that these three things won't ever come back you can always make more money you can't always make more time you can't always spend more time with your family you can't always get your health back once it's fucked and i've traded all three at certain time points yeah. and i would say that it's it's affected me even in jobs that i've loved where i've been like it's not right so the thing is it's trying to find that balance and that pivot so definitely don't be afraid to leave the job for something else because even if you're making less money but then three things are in check. You're less stressed, your health's better, your family life's better. But obviously launching the business, these three things will be compromised to an extent, but it's knowing when in your life. See if you're looking at your life right now and you're going, any of these are getting compromised for money or another area, Joe, stress or work or anything like, even just work, not money. They're getting compromised for work. You need to look at that and go, right, that's okay if it's temporary, but how long has this been going on? And for me, it was going on for maybe about a year there where I was probably leaning a little, a little bit too much. Yeah. And Joe, health, health was fine. Time was okay, but family was probably not a high priority. And when I look at that, I'd be like, I'd give X amount of that back just to get that time with my family. And I'm sort of like, then why the fuck do you do that? And I think you have to, if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like yeah. life will just pass you by and you'll you'll look up the map. Like I had a really close friend recently, right? Um, I'm not getting too much because people will be able to pinpoint him, but something very drastic happened in his life. And it, it, somebody said I'm close and they goes to him, see if you don't stop and look at the map. If you're you're so busy looking at the map and where you're going, and if you look up, you might realize that you're going the wrong fucking direction if you're not careful. It might be like where it looks nice in the map, but you might look up and go, do you know what? I actually want to turn left now. I've been turning right. And you're never too late. You can't start, yeah. Joe, especially if you're in a job that you're saying there where they're nervous. Like it's, what is the worst that's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here's a, here's a thing that got told to me years ago. It's something I... I really brought on board. I don't think I've talked about this in the podcast. I don't think I actually ever told anyone. I just bounced into my head again. But I do think about it a lot. I actually thought about it last night. So say 15 years from now, you die, right? Get a bit more, but here for a while, right? You go to the pearly gates. There's two versions of you meet you at the pearly gates. There's the version of you that said yes more. There's a version of you that said yes to love, took the risk on people, um... You know, didn't stay in a job that you didn't like, didn't do things you didn't want to do, did everything you wanted to do, had a had a really nice family, had a good relationship with everybody, and said yes. Or there's the other version of you that locked yourself away from the world and went, as you talked earlier, that, you know, grind, 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 grind. I want more, 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 need more, need more, need more, need more money, need more this, need more flash cars, need more this, need more houses. If you, when you meet them two at the pearly gates, who, and you get to look at their lives and how their lives turned out 15 years from now, whose life would you like more? And it's not going to be the person that you are. And then that brings you to the point of regret. Regret is one of the things that, by the time you regret something, it's probably too late. Would I be right in saying that, Tony? You know, by the time regret, by the time regret seeps in, it's normally years down there, you know, fuck, I wish I did that. I wish I would have texted that person or I wish I would have, like, for example, a friend of mine died on Monday morning. I was chatting on Sunday evening. He was going to help me with a gig on Sunday evening. He was going to pull me out of a hole, actually. 
and but anyway, he, he, he didn't do it, and we got got locally. It was going to be pushed too hard for time. But I said, mate, send me over your free dates now to Christmas. I'll sort you out a few gigs. And I was DJing Sunday night, and I seen him. He sent in the the five dates, but I never got a chance to write back them. And then when I woke up the next morning, he had died. And I just regret not showing him that. Thanks for trying to help me out earlier that day. And here, I w- here's them four or five dates from now to Christmas. You know, just and I know there's nothing like it's not it's not a massive deal, but I just I know he knew it already. But I just wish I could have said that. Oh, cheers, man! Put them five dates in the diary. I'll sort you out. Just a bit of kindness. Yeah, just like, a bit of kindness. But it's like one it regrets. One of them things. Regrets probably my biggest fear in life. I would say it is. So when I think of that, when when the person told me about looking at the perlique, it's looking at the t- two versions of you. There's one version of you that has no regret, and there's another version of you that's looking at the good version, going, "Fuck, why did I not say yes more? You know, why did yeah. I, why did I stay in that job that extra ten years? You know, why did I stay in that that bad relationship? Why did I say no to the good things? You know, why did <laughs> I? And you're looking back and it going. Fuck, and it makes all sense when you break it down. Go, Jesus, why would I even have put myself in that? But at that point, it's too late. At that point, there's too much regret. And, and the thing is, it's usually it's usually down to a lot of other people's opinions or how the world views you. Joe, you're maybe in like a safe place where you've got a good job, you're decent money. You're viewed as somebody of like of a semi-important. So you can be some, very some people are afraid of. Some people are actually afraid of being too happy. You know, they think, "Where's the catch?" No, where's it gonna? What? What? What am I not seeing here? This is all yeah, going too good. Life, but with with all the strings not attached, like is there string? There's strings attached to that. Like, like I bet you, you when know, you started coaching, you know, back in the day when I when I kind of put you on the map, you know, remember back then when I went Tony, there's the map, get on it. Um, bet you, you never really thought that you'd be you could mince your life between Dubai, Marbella. You know what I mean? You may have had it in a pipe yeah, dream, like, but I bet you, you didn't think. Definitely, probably didn't think it come like after coming out of lockdown and stuff. You probably didn't believe that. Yeah, I'll do six months. I'll do four months in Marbella, and then I'll do another six in Dubai, and I'll just split my time between them. And then, you know what I mean. But I bet you that time when like, like, like that was early days when I was with you, like McCormick, me. There was a few. There wasn't that many. There was a few others. You, you were starting to build, but like. Other coaches that were still physical coaches on the ground would have been looking, going, "Fucking, what's well, a yacht like?" You know what I mean? You, you, you. The biggest shift for me was, and this is what I meant about the job thing. Yeah, you're de- you're definitely right. Uh, see, when I left the fire service, it felt like a backward step in terms of status. That was the yeah. main issue, and I think a lot of people will will feel that if they ever have anything like this now, because you you go back in people's mind. Like I remember being like Joe. Getting introduced to people, and it's like, here's my mom would introduce me to people and be like, here's Tony, he's a firefighter. And people immediately just sort of go, like, they're grateful for you to be a person. They're like, yeah, versus my mom turned around and goes, here's my son, he's an online coach. To be like, oh my god, he's a fucking scam. Here's my son, he's a TikToker. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna fucking spit me from a top of ladder, Joe. You know? And for me, now it's different. Now people view that differently, but uh, the thing is, you will give you like that. Oh, here's another one. Here's Joe, he's went for the gap, like, sweet Christ. But the thing is that you have to take a leak. You cannot move forward in life without being pulled backwards. Like it's like usually like a bow and arrow for the, for the arrow to move forward. It has to be pulled backwards. Yeah. Now some will have to be pulled 
back pretty fucking far and uppers a little bit but you can't see how far somebody has been pulled back and it, it's a very slow steady process as you're saying there like a it takes time and it's one of the ones where you have to water it every single day to get there and it's not it's not an easy process but it's worthwhile in the end and as you said there with the regret thing I just feel like you always will and can be a better person and the thing is that just the more you reflect on that like the, one of the main traits I was reading in that millionaire thing as well was like this doesn't re- overlap everyone but it overlaps that's and money's not everything it's not about being a millionaire it's about being a successful human being most of these people do have things in order after they get that that well off but they, they noted self-awareness is a very high one as well like yeah. the ability to, to critically analyze not where you're beating yourself up but go that area probably isn't as good. So there's nothing wrong with you leaning into business or leaning to work for three months to really lean in. And that's your main priority. Just like if you have a brand new child, like that is going to be your priority until you want to raise, obviously. But the first couple months, there's a big push because adaptations, everything going on, you're trying to get used to it. could be years. But even with like a new job or a new relationship, you dial these up, but then it's going, right, where's my time and energy going a bit too much and where is now not getting watered like where is not being looked after as much because you only have so much time so whenever something dials up something's going to be neglected to an extent and that, that's yeah. something that you, you 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 only really grasp after a while like so if you are dialing up like for example like praying praying i'm something really trying to get back now is like a semi half decent social life like i neglected it for so long without realizing like i was like Oh, your environment, you, know, you need to grow, you need to do this, you need to do that. But all, of, all I need to do is just sprinkle it every now and then. I would have said, fine, it probably would have made me feel better, would have made my work feel yeah. better. When you, when, I don't believe, I don't believe it balance, you can get balance and everything, but you can get a balance that suits you, you know, 20% social life, 40% work, you know, 40% family, 10% fitness or whatever, whatever ratio you need and everything. But it's one of the ones where, as you say there, you decide what is balanced to you. It doesn't mean that you have an unbelievable social life, an unbelievable gym life, an unbelievable business. You're not going to have all them things. You're probably going to struggle with that unless you you dive into one for a long time period and take the sacrifice or you sprinkle them and you just let things grow a little bit slower. Uh, but yeah, I think that 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 status thing, it's, it's all how you view yourself, even as you're saying there, like the, the yeah. willing to take the leap back in yourself, you know, ingraining them thought processes like you're saying there are very important. Yeah, it's it, it when you on like it's it's easy when you're you're looking at it from the outside in. You know, when you unpack the whole thing. Do more of the things you love, do less of the things that make you unhappy. Keep the people closer like- that you love. The people that don't bring value to your life, get rid of them. You know, do more of it. Say yes more to the things you love, say no more to the things you hate. When you start ticking all them tiny boxes, it's, it's really life isn't you know there's always going to be external factors but if you do them simple things like literally every day like just say no to one person that you know is using you for a certain thing and that will literally bring you more not joy but it will go right it's like you saying stand up for yourself it's the same thing you no know, just say no or if there's someone that goes to you here um, I could really do a coffee on Saturday for a chat, and you—they're your best friends. But you're like, oh, we've been stuck for time. This and that. You no, know, just say yeah, just do it. You no, know, just make the time, go and do it. Keep the people that like we always talk about the circles, right? Keep your circle as tight as you can, and only allow the people in it that don't bring negatives to you. Like it's. It's really basic when you when you unpack it all and go back. And then once you go up the ladder more, once you start progressing more, it gets a wee bit messier. But if you do the foundation part and just surround yourself with the best, 
and try to take away the negatives out of your life, things get a lot, lot simpler. And I think a lot of people, they make it that it's this big thing, but it's really not. The foundation steps is do more positives than negatives. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a lot of people like go, oh, this not and all this not. It's like, no, it's, it's really simple. Like, like I, there was a good one about friends. We're talking about your friends group, like 60% of your friends group brings no value to your life. 20% is a 20% then of your friends take are of a negative effect on your life. 10% are indifferent. 2% or something and then 8% are your actual real friends I seen it, it was a, I, must, I must look for that video there's a guy broke it down he done it now he done it way better than I just did it <laughs> but when he broke it down you're thinking about it, going that is actually true you always have that friend that's like oh lad let's go out in the piss you're like oh well no let's go for it under you know, let's do something that's not going to have a negative effect on our livers and then they're like oh no no I'm doing that bullshit and fucking Going out, going out in the beer, or you say to someone here, lad, do you want? Do you fancy? I could do an old chat. Do you fancy a chat? And they're like, oh no, man, forty busy, forty busy. But what are you doing Thursday evening? We're going out for pints. You know what I mean? See? Everybody has friends that are like that. That, but then we also have people that are your riding dies that'll listen to your absolute, even when you're being mental, and you're like, fuck, lad, I'm thinking of doing something really drastic. You always have that friend goes, yo, yo, yo. Fucking calm down here, you know. Like, calm down, right? Lad, I'm thinking of buying a Lamborghini, right, Tony? You're fucking not buying a Lamborghini. First of all, you wouldn't get into the thing. Second sure. of all, there's too many ramps in your eh? The front of it will be off. You know what I mean? You always have the friend will calm down, and then you always have that wing nut will be like, "Ah, lad, go for it, go for it. Can I have a land of it?" I think uh, I know. I think see with that as well. Uh couple of key things I want to really identify there when you're talking it's like I really think for me the main takeaway I got from you earlier through this whole thing is and that was the one thing where I was I wasn't trying to interrupt I was trying to like remember the point because when you're talking see and I'm trying to listen and then give a point that I've, I've got of you anybody listening I think Mickey's point about the end product when you arrive at the party gates the regret or the full you the ghosts of your past I think will haunt you in the last five to ten years of your life yeah I noticed this when I talked to my dad like he says like I should have done stuff like this and I should have and it's don't get me wrong he lives a quality life he's one of the best men I know but you can tell we things that he's like oh yeah. I should have probably like I should have and I, I think it was obviously more of a safe uh, generation then but uh, that for you that end product like realistically like are you going to look back in 20 years and go I shouldn't have walked over to that girl and chatted her up and I got turned down or you know, my, I met my wife in a bar because I had a balls to walk up to her and she's fucking gorgeous, Joe, you know, and we had a great life. And it's it's not about what can go wrong, it's what can go right. And if something goes wrong, it's not the end anyway. Because if it's if it's if it's not okay, it's not the end. And for for that point, I think that's very good. Like that end product. Because if you always think about like, right, well, I'm going in the ground anyway, and I can have less regrets or I can have more. Like, what do I want in this moment? What do I want for the next year? And lean towards that. And that for me is really important on a brighter note as well I do feel like friends play different roles as well like you might have your writer days but I do feel like the people that are on the pit they can be useful and not in a cheeky way but oh yeah, you, yeah, need yeah. Uh, you need a yeah. wing nut but you don't need you don't need yeah. uh, you don't need one who is yeah uh, probably the word you, like, the, the, I like to they'll go uh, you're say you go oh I'm thinking of buying like a, a house in Marbella and they're like I man do it and then they're the first guy to be here can I go over this week that week you know 
they want you to do stuff because it's got a better it helps them more than it's actually helping you like there is friends like that but it's also everybody needs a crazy friend you always everybody has that crazy friend who's your ride and die who would do anything for you normally they're the people that when the going gets tough and you need to speak to someone normally they're the people that'll be there for you as i always find it's the wing nut like the the friend that's absolutely stark raving mad will be the friend that's there for you more yeah like yeah like i do read it on a brighter note as well what supercar would you get if, if i wouldn't get a, i don't think i'd want a lamborghini mate i just don't um i think i want a ferrari a ferrari probably be the one yeah yeah probably go ferrari well it depends how much money it has Bugatti. Right, say you've got a realistic amount so you're not going like no. 250 300k to the shop you're talking here like not realistic but we're talking here like 100 to 150 like a supercar but you're buying one that's maybe already owned uh, I think that's a real. I think from I know that sounds extreme, but I think for like, well, if you're not getting a Ferrari for 150k, are you? I reckon uh, you get a not an old one, but you get a Ferrari Spider. I'm sure for uh, let me check Gumtree here, Norna, and see what I can get you, okay? I would say if I'm going second hand, I would get a Porsche 911, maybe. Would you? Um, I'm getting on second hand cars now. Ferraris. How do you spell? How do you spell Ferrari? Oh, there's one. There's a, a Ferrari California for eighty grand. You get that today? No, I couldn't. How do you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to spell Ferrari. F e r r a r i. There's a Ferrari. F e r r a r i. Yeah. Then we then we Ferrari Californias are nice. 2011 why would it you know that that 2011 doesn't even have apple play you know what i mean yeah see like that for me doesn't make sense like, why would you be buying a car that old i'm on a uh, ferrari dealers in belfast here so i'm sure there's sure there's a, there's a spider somewhere. 94 for 60 grand we classic look like that ferrari california is pretty cool but they're 2005 they're 90 grand 2015 She'd look like an absolute dick, big yellow wheel calibers and all. Probably drives like shade. No, I would get a, a, a I drove a Porsche 911 or or three or, or something once, and it was a class car, but it was a rally version of it. And I was driving at the Dublin, so it was a bit of a tough drive. Um, but it's a fantastic car. Um, but if I had buck off money, I would probably get a Bugatti Veyron. I see that's that, that's the that's exactly what I think most people go for now, especially with Tate driving them. <laughs> They're just oh, he doesn't up. drive one, does he? He drives a Chevron, mate. Oh yeah, the deer version. I like it. I'm going to show you the. That's the one I like there. Is that a Bugatti? Yeah, that's see, like a, that's, me, that's but, but you know what? I couldn't even get into my house in Bangor because of that car. It's so low. I honestly think though, like I know, I don't know if I would ever have the money mindset to to spend that on a car. Do you know what I mean? Like I just don't know if it's in me because think of the amount you could do with that. You know, in other areas, I don't know whether that's just. But my, if you're going to spend 150 grand on a car, you need to have two or three million in the bank. If you're going to do it like logically wise, there's a real good it's video. Someone, so much. someone find the video. There's a video of a rapper talking about money did you ever see this video he's a young rapper he's talking about rappers going broke and he talks about like them wearing bling like boys wearing like all like two 500k jewelry and he's like if i want to wear 500k jewelry i need to have 10 million in the bank i don't have 10 million in the bank 
So he worked out like how he spends money. And it make like businessmen, like big business people, like Mark Cuban shared it and goes, This guy knows. This boy's about twenty one. Like he's just a just a rap he's just a rapper in America, but he's a pretty good rapper. But he's like going, I'm not gonna be a broke rapper. This is how this is how it works. For me to spend five hundred K on a, on jewelry, I need to have ten million in the bank. For me to spend this, I need to have this in the bank. Because I'm not just gonna go out there and you're know, walking about with, with reams of money. But if anybody can find that video, it's really good. I don't know what it's on. He may have been on the Charlemagne the God show. Have you seen the one where it shows Shaq O'Neill? Yeah. Seen it? About the kids? Where he... No, no, no. This one is... So this is a really good metric as well for spending, I, I, I sound. So he takes a dollar and goes, right, so this is how the... He goes, this is how the rich operate. He goes, so you take half... I think this is roughly the way he breaks it down. So he goes... So you just split the note in half and he goes, so this half you spend, this half you save, and that's it. And he goes, but if you really want to be rich and be wealthy long-term, he goes, the one thing he learned from, it maybe wasn't Bill Gates, it could have been Musk, it was somebody massively met. He was like, this is how you get really mega wealthy. He goes, you take that note, that every pound you make, he goes, you take, well, he used the dollar and he ripped the dollar again. He was like, so he goes, you save half again, like you normally would. And you spend a quarter and you invest a quarter minimum. Yeah. You can he goes, you can you can change up if you want to invest fifty percent or save twenty-five percent, but you can only spend twenty-five percent of what you make. Everything else must go into savings or investment. So he goes like if you want to buy a Ferrari at hundred and fifty grand, you need to be able to put hundred and fifty grand savings away as well and three hundred grand into an investment or something else. So once you've done that or you've earned the right, he goes, that's when you earn the right to reward yourself with something like that and you know you're safe. Whereas if you have 150 grand and you pump it in a Ferrari and then all of a sudden it starts eating into the other stuff, that's where it kills you. I was just very curious now. Fuck yeah, they are good. they're not cheap, Mickey. I tell you that. No, they're not as cheap, I don't think, as you thought they were, Tony. I thought you'd get one for about 140, 150 grand. Well, I guess I'll not be getting one. I'll maybe have to leave it. Well, was the Ferraris the one like a red? Would you get a red Ferrari? Would you go red Ferrari red? I think you have to. Do you not believe? That? Like, I think you I think have. You somebody says you have to for your first one. Well, I, I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be getting. Well, no. If you can afford one Ferrari, you're going to be able to afford two. You know what I mean? Do you think? Uh, I think if you're getting a Ferrari, I would like it red. If I was getting a Lamborghini, I think I yellow. would probably want a black or yellow. Yeah, black or <laughs> I yellow. I, I, or would you? I, I black with yellow calibers on the wheels. I think if you're getting if you're getting a supercar though you're getting it to be like you, black is so fresh in every car it's so tidy but at the same time yeah like you're not buying a Ferrari to blend in no well no well that's the point if you're buying well yeah there's a guy there's a guy up my street has a Lamborghini and like it's it's that blue like pastel blue color and it's fucking mantle looking like mantle looking. But I don't see him And I know he doesn't use it much Because I can hear it Like it rattles the house When he goes past um, But yeah I don't know if I like a Lamborghini as much I feel like they, I've been in them And I feel like they fall apart Around you almost I've heard Lamborghini, I, Well Lamborghinis aren't made For big bigger fellas Like um, I heard on the grapevine From somebody who knows McLarens are really trash cars because I, I used to, I used to, lo- I used to love, I used to love the look of McLaren, and they're meant to be absolutely like inside, like tat. Like he says, inside may as well be a Peugeot. It goes, it's all plastic and shit. It's fucking crap. He was raging. He got one. He was absolutely livid. Got rid of it at the quickest possible chance he could get. 
well, there's fuck me, like there's McLaren here for 85k, like that's actually quite cheap, like uh, and like that's ridiculous. Well, next week's podcast, is, Tony live from his McLaren, and you're uh, <laughs> the first. Yeah, but the first thing I would say is I have a friend that owns a McLaren, and I asked him about it, and it's orange. It's 2019. I think it costs him 250k. I'll not mention who it is, and I just remember going to him like, "Is it comfy?" And he goes, "Honestly, no, it's terrible." And I'm he's a really yeah. tall individual. And he goes, "It's terrible," but he goes. It looks unbelievable, and he goes, it, there, it's such a thrill driving it. He goes, it is so, so fast, and it's so cool looking. And he was like, that's what I bought it for. He goes, I didn't buy it for comfort. He goes, if I wanted comfort, I would buy a fucking roller. He goes, I bought it to look cool and for speed. And I was like, well, fair enough. But I was like, if I'm spending fucking 200 grand on a car, mate, I want to be able to sit in it for a couple of hours. I don't want to sit in it for 30 What about this idea, like, right? Buy a 70 grand car, like a Merc, like a real luxury Merc, right? And use the rest of the money. To pay a driver for four years. To pay a driver. Ah, so just you don't have to drive anywhere. Pay him fifty grand a year. The high, I'm trying to see the dearest Merc in Northern Ireland is either a G Wagon, obviously, oh, or a G Wagon. There's loads of there's loads of dear Merc. Like you get a Merc, you get a get Merc, you get a, you get a real good Merc for eighty grand. Say a real luxury one. Doesn't have to be I brand new, right? And then pay a driver over pay him pay him fifty k, right? He can be a bit of an assistant too. 50k for four years, 200, so there's 270 grand for four years, and you never have to drive anywhere. I'd say you make money doing that if you were smart because you could work while you're while you're while you're doing that. I yeah. that. Like that's one thing I got from a mentor once he told he said like he gets public transport because whenever he was at a stage where he couldn't afford a driver, he said that every time he drove, he found that he was wasting time. So he yeah. found that he could work on his phone or work on a laptop while he waited for buses or waited for trains. I started taking uh, um, voice annotations. Is that what it's called? Voice annotations? I don't know. No, you're like talking on your phone, but it's writing them down like voice notes, but not, you know, not the actual physical audio. So you're talking and it's like writing them down. I've started doing that there when, when I'm doing long journeys for gigs. See, I think that's smart. Like, I think that all adds up. See, we think like, now obviously you would lose time then, I think, in a sense, because you would lose time where. Yeah, for example, like you'd be waiting on the bus and it'd be late and it'd throw you off your game or something. So all that obviously comes into play too. But do you know what I mean? It's it's very it's interesting because there's so many different thought processes on. We've went down a really random path here. So Loads of rabbit holes. We'll, we'll we'll call it. We'll call it. We'll come back to buying cars. We'll come back to buying cars. We're buying cars with Tony. New podcast launching. Yeah, we'll we'll do <laughs> some chance. I wish I could afford a Ferrari. Um, but yeah, guys, keep rating and reviewing. We got a few new ratings in all the last couple of weeks, so that's good. People's been loving the the podcast. The last couple of episodes, getting good few emails. So keep the emails coming in. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know if you're getting any value at all. I'm sure there is people getting value from it. Hopefully, because that's you know that's all we're all we're doing. I'm really, 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 really stunned by the amount of students that's listening to the podcast. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you everybody that does. I can just imagine boys sitting in in the afters. This is a weird fairy hat. Boys in the afters after Hatfield Sundays. Still boozing at five six a.m. and the podcast goes live and the boys are just sitting there with tins listening to us to chat shit. Not a fucking mission. That's happening. That's not Tony's. I laughed. They were a bit more hairy. But anyway, guys, we'll chat these again. Have a good week.